Hi everyone, welcome back to a kitchen table moment. I'm Aaliyah. And I'm Emma. And today we are going to be talking all about our experience studying abroad during a global pandemic. Woo! As you can see, the trauma is still a little fresh. <laughs> we're reliving our trauma for your guys' enjoyment. So basically, we're just going to talk all about our experiences in our respective countries. Yeah, because we chose very different places, like oh, completely yeah. opposite. So I went to Glasgow, Scotland, where it was cold. It rained a lot. It would also hail. It never really got above 45. And then Aaliyah went to... I went to Cape Town, South Africa, southernmost tip of Africa, basically. And obviously it was in the southern hemisphere, so the seasons were reversed. So I left America in the dead of winter and I arrived in Africa during summer. So it was very warm, but there was also a lot of wind. It would be like 100 degrees and I wouldn't even realize it. Like I got so used to it. I guess let's talk about why we decided to go to our respective locations. So originally I actually wanted to go to Melbourne, Australia because I have a really close friend who lives there. So it'd be a way for me to see her and Australia would be really cool. But the university there didn't take any of my financial aid so I was off the list. But then a nice thing that Chapman does is they break up the schools by like what would fit your major best. And so television running production is kind of niche so there wasn't that many options. And of the ones I saw, University of Glasgow seemed really cool because I always thought it'd be fun to go to the UK someday but London is just a little too, like everyone wants to go to London. There'd be a lot of Chapman people going and I wanted to go to a place where I really wouldn't know that many people, It'd just be like a couple Chapman kids. I applied to University of Glasgow because I actually had a screenwriting class so that would then transfer over to Chapman and I'm really happy I did it. It's like known as one of the nicest cities in Europe and that is like an understatement. People there are so friendly no matter where you go. If they hear that you're an American, they don't look down on it. They actually just want to stripe it stripe up a conversation because a lot of them take holidays to America. Yeah, so kind of similar for me. One of the main things that first led me to Cape Town was that they offered film classes at the University of Cape Town. And like Emma, film production is hard to find abroad. And I just wanted to take at least one film class when I was abroad. UCT was one of the options. And I was actually also thinking about going to Glasgow, but I was like, I've been to Europe before. I'll go to Europe again. The culture is not really that different. Like, I know if I really wanted to, I would have the opportunity to live in Europe when I'm older. Whereas, I do not think I will ever have the chance to live in South Africa again. Although now, since being there, I have a lot more opportunities to go back, just based off people I met. Also, I just wanted a culture that was very, very different. One of the main things that attracted me to South Africa was how it's just a totally different experience. Most of the population of South Africa is black or colored, they say colored, I'm not saying it in an offensive way, <laughs> or colored people. And so I was actually the minority being a white person, even though I'm half white. Also, Cape Town is very well known. You guys have probably seen pictures or if you just Google Cape Town, you'll see the like beautiful mountain. It's called Table Mountain and they are known for having a lot of like hikes, like adventurous type activities and excursions and I'm a very, very outdoorsy person and so I was like, Cape Town is just perfect. So that's what led me to Cape Town and... Yeah, I wish I could go back to Glasgow, which like I obviously could someday, but not in the same capacity of like, you're there, you're 
student. Like, that's the thing I kind of miss most about it. Exactly, yeah. Let's go into kind of, like, the application process. Because I feel like people are like, oh, I studied abroad. But there's actually a lot, a lot of work that goes into it. You make the decision to go, what, about, like, a year ahead of time? See, but that's interesting. I actually learned when I was abroad that that's basically a Chapman thing. Is it really? It's very dependent on your university. A lot of my friends in my program that came with me from America went to other universities. They were like, yeah, I chose Cape Town, like, December. Like, it was, yeah, it was, like, very last minute. And for us, we had to apply and choose our destination two semesters in advance of going. Yeah, it's pretty crazy how, I didn't realize that was only a Chapman thing. Chapman was really, like, you need to, because then they track, like, your GPA and that Mm -hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, but honestly, Chapman was so annoying. I actually almost ended up not going to Cape Town. I remember this. It was a total shit show basically I submitted my application basically I submitted all the stuff and I was supposed to hear back from them supposed to hear back from them never heard back from them I contacted like Chapman study abroad office they're like they're not answering us like basically UCT like ghosted us it was very weird and Chapman at one point was like you might have to change where you're going and I was like are you kidding me I had it set in my mind at that point because I had chosen eight months prior or whatever so pissed but it ended up working out obviously and ended up going there and it all worked out for the best but you had to get a visa right or no actually the UK has it that if you're there for six months or less like as a student Mm -hmm. it's perfectly fine you just have to show proof the only annoying thing is though you can't do an internship which is what you got to do and yeah but that really didn't have anything to do with my visa oh it was just because I like wasn't getting anything out of it like I wasn't being paid for it oh and I wasn't getting credit so because the thing is if you wanted to do an internship even if unpaid I think I would have had to buy a visa and it was like four hundred dollars really yeah it was really pricey (laughs) well I ended up spending so I did have to have a visa and it was a major pain honestly going to South Africa is a pain in the ass Like, studying abroad there, the process, it was so stressful leading up to it. And when I got there, it was totally fine. But the process leading up to it was so much work. I obviously don't blame them because they take things very seriously. But you have to, like, get a chest x-ray to make sure you don't have tuberculosis. If you travel through certain areas, you have to get, like, certain vaccines. You have to go in person to the visa office with all of these documents It ended up costing, I think it was probably when I was done with it all, like over $200. Since we got sent home early, the funny thing was we didn't actually end up needing our visa because it hadn't been long enough for us to actually have needed our visas. Are you serious? Yeah, so it was a complete waste of money and time. Let's go, let's start at the beginning, like when we left America. See, I was pretty lucky. I left very early. I think I left January 5th. So I was, compared to most people of my friends who study abroad, I was probably in my country the longest. I left super early and it was very odd because I started classes January 10th or 11th. Chapman didn't start classes until February 3rd. So Mm -hmm. I was almost like halfway done with my semester. Yeah, for me, I was quite unlucky because Cape Town, Obviously, they're on a whole different season system. So this was actually the very beginning of their school year. So it didn't start until the very beginning of February. I think I got to Cape Town on January 30th or 31st. Yeah, I was only there. We figured it out. We were only there for seven weeks. So we didn't even make it to the two-month mark. One of the main things is I was dreading the flight just because it's so long. Like, I was leaving D.C. and I was like, oh, like I... 
it's gonna be like two and a half days later that I'm finally in Cape Town. I was like, you know what? The saving grace is that I don't have to do this again until the end of June. That was literally going through my mind. And then I swear I jinxed it. Because I know. then seven weeks later, I was like, hey, I'm back. Our reality did not meet our expectations. We went in to study abroad thinking we're going to study, make friends, possibly do clubs, which we obviously did, but not in the full way. By the time I was finally really making true Scottish friends, I had to leave the country. It's weird making friends in a different country, I would say. Not that it's like super hard I don't know I don't know how to describe it I had kind of difficulty making friends in Scotland they're all super friendly and nice but the way at least in Scotland it's set up a lot of people who go to the University of Glasgow are just from Glasgow so they've been raised together they went to like you know high school together they just know each other no one really talks in class or anything like people just go to class and then leave because so many people don't even live on campus so it's like hi bye like you have to go out of your way to like try to make friends whereas i feel like at least at chapman and i would assume a lot of american colleges people kind of linger in class and you like walk to like the commons together no yeah i had a similar experience it was really hard to make friends everyone in south africa i only met one rude person the entire time i was in south africa everyone was so nice the kindest people ever but they are very reserved in public like especially at school and they take their education very very seriously it was very hard to make friends because they were so reserved and like i lived in a residence building on campus but we each had our own rooms and then we had like a shared bathroom and kitchen space on each floor but no one ever really spent time outside of their rooms we finally got to the point when i was told to leave because we were only seven weeks in we're like oh we're finally like feeling like very comfortable in our country and then of course we're ripped away from it so yeah i had sort of like just started making like good friends. I made two very close friends when I was abroad, but they were both Americans. One actually goes to Chapman and I met her there and we're still good friends now. And then one goes to school in Ohio and it just kind of sucks. I feel like the two like closest friends I made, they weren't even Scottish. Like I had Scottish friends, but I never got buddy buddy with one person, like no, which kind of sucked. <laughs> same. One of my biggest regrets is not making more of an effort to like go out of my way to make friends like obviously I'd be friendly and I'd talk to people in classes and every time I'd see people in my building I'd say hi to them I feel like I should have put in more effort yeah definitely the one way I would say for sure is to try to join a club if you can I joined the soccer team and while I wasn't like best friends with these people they did become good friends to me and they would help me out and they were always super nice and would talk to me and like I'd actually sometimes go out clubbing with them like the whole team they were super inclusive and it was like me maybe one other american and then 70 scottish girls like nothing kind of like you're there and you're suddenly a part of this team and that was really nice so if you can join a club i think that's a much better route than like going through class yeah for me the sad thing was so our clubs were called societies and i joined a few i joined the film society i joined the yoga society and i wanted to join the wine tasting society because the drinking age is 18 in south africa just by the way But basically none of the societies had really started meeting before because it was the very beginning of the school year, so everything was just starting up. So I didn't go to a single one of their meetings to meet anyone because they were just starting up before we left. 
I would say like one thing they really talk about when you go abroad is the idea of culture shock. Okay, I feel like I didn't get hit as much because I'm going to Scotland. It's like white Europeans. Like I'm from New England, which in a weird way isn't that different. Like it wasn't no. a big change at all. I'm surrounded by like nice people. So I would say I was really hit by culture shock. Yeah, I imagine you probably experienced far more culture shock than I would have. <laughs> yeah, there was a a fair amount of culture shock like I had kind of prepared myself for it like I knew it was going to be a completely different experience and that I was going to be uncomfortable a lot yeah and like that is why I wanted to go but yeah just the fact that I would walk into a classroom for my tutorial and I would be the only white person there I personally have tried to imagine before what it's like to be a black person in America and obviously I'm never going to know what that's like but I was like when I go to South Africa Africa, I will sort of have that experience in a way obviously not at all the same but like sort of similar and it is uncomfortable yeah like sure I've been the only woman in a plenty of rooms but to be the only white person in a room full of like 20 30 more than that sometimes people it was weird like yeah. it was like I feel like I stand out yeah because I mean I just blended right in like it wasn't yeah. until you heard my voice that you're like oh she's not from here yeah like my name is literally Emma Hinchcliffe yeah that totally blends like in. I just blend right in it wasn't until they heard me they're like oh but then they're like whatever <laughs> yeah my other bit of culture shock was definitely just how South Africa is sort of run as a country not really run but just how it exists as a country obviously because democracy is so new for them mm. they are still trying to fix all of the issues that came from years and years of oppression and injustice nothing can really compare to apartheid in south africa it's very unique and it's very very recent which was the most interesting thing so there's a huge disparity of wealth in south africa and you just see it everywhere you go like i remember we drove from the airport to where we were staying and the driver was trying to give us like a little mini tour he's like oh there's table mountain in the distance like blah 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 and he's like yeah so here are the informal settlements like they're basically just like tin shacks or like metal sheets with like a huge family in one room no running water no electricity and then you would like look up and you'd see like huge like mansions the disparity in wealth was very very crazy and that also led to a lot of crime so south africa you guys may or may not know south africa is a very unsafe violent country there's a lot of stabbings muggings robbings like it's just people are struggling and they're trying to find ways to survive we just constantly like had to be on edge like we had to really pay attention especially obviously as a woman in america you have to pay attention but i was always on like high alert when i was in south africa just you couldn't like walk certain places even in the daylight like you always had to be with someone usually because you never know what could happen and especially when you're a foreigner they will take advantage of that yeah, I mean, because Glasgow's the biggest city in Scotland, and big is very subjective. It's only 600,000 people there, because Scotland's a small country. And I was living near the university, which is, like, the nice part of Glasgow. And so I did not... I mean, I would walk home alone in the dark from soccer practice, which you would never be able to do, but I 
I felt fine. I'd like have my phone with me, but the only part they ever told me to avoid was like this park. They're like, don't go in this park. That's where someone might grab you. But other than that, I felt perfectly fine. Me and my friends would walk at like 11.30 at night from our flat to like city center to go clubbing, like no sweat at all. I felt far safer in Glasgow than I've ever felt in America. I personally didn't have any instances where I was like, I feel unsafe right now, but there was just always like caution. Like it is so much better to be safe safe than sorry. It's funny, what actually might be the biggest shock to me, the drinking culture in Scotland is far different than America. The legal age is 18, but I think you can start drinking at 16 with a parent. Yeah. But people in Scotland really start drinking at like 14. So like all my Scottish friends and teammates, even those younger than me, like big drinkers, drinking is just a social thing that you do in Scotland. You're not going to blackout you're going to just sit at a bar or a pub with your friends and sip on something and maybe if you go to a club you might drink a little bit more it's not like america where it's like who can drink the fastest and then most there's no like keg stands like that's not a thing at all out there the biggest shock to me was almost like my classes like the way they teach school in the british system the uk system is so different than america mm, see i knew what to expect like because i just knew how the british system was run so south africa also goes off the british system so i knew what it was going to be like but I still didn't enjoy it. As I kind of mentioned before you have your lectures and you have your tutorials and then at Glasgow the lectures it depends on the class but two out of my three classes the lectures you didn't even have to go to. Oh like, we had to go. <laughs> they would be because there'd be a hundred plus students in that class section they would record them so you could watch them later which like I did for my politics class because it was super early. I took an English class when I was abroad and I thought it'd be easy because I was so good at English in high school like that was my thing. I was fantastic at it. When I was there I struggled so much and I could never quite figure it out like I made the class pass or fail because I was struggling so much like I talk to my tutor and she's like you write as if you're telling a story <laughs> yeah basically the british system if you don't know you have like some readings but you basically just have like three or four like big essays or assignments you don't really have any homework and then you have like a final exam or like a midterm maybe and that's it so your grade is based on like three assignments that you did so when i was in scotland i did four whole assignments. We had a lot of assignments. Like I was doing class until July 5th because South Africa, basically right after we got sent out of the country, they went into, I think it was like a six week massive lockdown. You couldn't even walk your dog. They like took it very, very seriously, which as they should have. And so school's like on haul, obviously. Like it was crazy when I think about how little work I did. That is insane. I, I mean, I was kind of dumb. I took 18 credits and I was doing an internship but the credits system was very weird there so like my third year level course I think was worth like six credits or something like that yeah same my classes were all worth five credits a piece so I only took three which is yeah. crazy because when I'm at Chapman I take six so I felt like I had so much free time. And then another factor is that a lot of lecturers and tutors were going on strike because they're part of like the teachers union out there and they were getting underpaid so literally it's like week four at university. My English tutor goes, hey guys, I'm going on strike and I don't know when I'm gonna be back. So for now, your tutorials are canceled. So that's also why I did bad in English because my tutor didn't, wasn't even there. And by the time we were gonna 
finally have our first tutorial again. I mean, we had to go home in school and Glasgow also shut down because cases started to happen at the university. Anyways, let's do something more fun. I put the bullet of favorite foods and drinks. So my friends and I were absolutely hooked on savannas. They are a type of cider and I'm a huge cider person and my friends were not at all cider people. And so my goal when I got to South Africa was to try all of the ciders in South Africa. So I think the second cider I tried was Savannah's and we would drink it like for every meal, basically everywhere we went, we would get these ciders. Everything was so cheap in South Africa. That was a really good thing. So a cider would be like $1.50 and we would drink them. Best thing ever. They're not available in America and it is the saddest thing ever. Like I would have to pay so much money to get them shipped but I'm low-key thinking about doing it for my 21st birthday, so... I mean, why not? It is your 21st. I know. Honestly, well, Scotland has the staples that everyone would know. Like, fish and chips is a massive thing. Like, chip shops are everywhere. You just go in. One of my favorite experiences, me and my friends went to get, like, chips one night. It was, like, 10.30. And we're sitting next to this couple who only was, like, what, five years older than us? And then they heard us talking with our American accents. And we ended up having, like, a half-hour conversation with these people. And they kept showing us pictures on their phones of where we should visit in Scotland. Like, they were super friendly. So that's what I mean by, like, friendly people. There was a cafe down the street from my flat that me and my friend would go to at least once or twice a week. They definitely knew us at that point. Anytime we had like a book to read or an essay to write, we'd go there because it was like the vibes were just immaculate. Like it was super small. I would always get their pancakes or their waffles and they always had good lattes. Drinks, I mean the drink of Scotland is whiskey and I hate it. My friend made like these Scottish friends and they invite us to a flat party and I meet this guy there. His name's Callum. Shout out to Callum if you ever listen to this because he does follow me on Instagram. Okay, so I met this guy named Callum. I thought he was cute and we were talking all night till like two in the morning and then we left, but like nothing happened and I didn't see him for like a whole month. But then my friends invited him to my birthday party because my birthday was March 13th, which was the day we found out we had to leave the country. But anyways, it was a fun birthday. So he comes to my birthday and we're talking all over again. So the very next day, we had like a super long date and he took me to this cool underground bar that you have to like get a passcode to go into because it only lets in six people at a time. But then afterwards, he took me to another bar to try whiskey. It's like, imagine tasting leather and then you added some like nail polish remover to it. It felt so bad because I was like, oh, he's paying for this. We did um, a lot, a lot of drinking. It was so fun and drinks were so cheap. We had this one place called Trench Town that was like our hangout spot. We drank so much. Yeah, I mean, I'd go out four or five times a week and it wasn't like the goal was to like get drunk. No. It was just to hang out. Like I rarely got like, no one's there to do that. Oh, totally. It's just like, that's what you do for like fun and it's social. And I do have to say for how like scary people make South Africa seem all of the guys that we met were very like at bars or whatever were very very polite and very nice they were not creepy they were so nice very respectful I had a boyfriend at the time so I couldn't <laughs> act on any of it but they were all very nice very respectful and I very much appreciated that yeah same in Scotland like I never felt uncomfortable we've been sharing some memories but is there like one memory in particular that like makes you laugh or you're like that was a fun moment one night I got back from dinner with my friends at like 11 p.m. or midnight or something and like the door to our residence 
had like not been working and luckily one of my friends had actually stayed home and her room was on the first floor because my card wasn't working and her card from the inside wasn't working like I literally could not get in the building and so she opened her window and I climbed through it to get into the building and that's I just, funny that was just funny that was like a fun thing here's a story of me being dumb but like it's funny but when it was my birthday so we're like waiting in line to be let in and then a couple of my soccer teammates saw me they're like Emma what's going on I'm like oh my god it's my birthday and we're like having a moment they're like hugging me they're like we can't believe you're leaving like it was super sweet and I turned back around and all my friends had already walked into the club so I'm trying to walk in and so granted we wanted to go all out because it was my birthday so we had like feather boas on and like tiaras and I'm like walking over to be let in and the bouncer goes you're gonna need to calm down or we're gonna throw we're gonna kick you out and I was like I'm so mortified. I didn't realize I was like that wasted already or something. And so I like get in the club and I find my friends. I was like, guys, they're like threatening to kick me out. That was just funny. I didn't get kicked out. I had a great time, but like it was just kind of funny and scary. I was like, wow, so I'm that person. Well, I feel like now that we've shared our favorite memories, we should sort of end it with our finding out that we had to go home and what that entailed and I remember Chapman sent out an email to just Chapman students that said hey if you can go home go home like they were starting to really close things down out here and me and my friends are like oh that's so funny like our friends back at home have to go home but we're just chilling in Scotland because corona hadn't really hit Scotland that much yet anyways my friends go home and I was up really late for some reason and then I get the email from Chapman at like three in the morning that's like hey you know you're gonna have to go home and I like was freaking out like it was like I was probably one of the most anxious moments of my whole life because suddenly they're like you have five days to leave this country you need to pack everything up figure out your classes find a plane ticket and just get out of here I don't get anxious too easily but then I was getting so anxious I thought I had corona yeah for me so the virus actually took a very long time to get to Africa and then specifically South Africa because it's so far away so I heard about all of our other friends going home and I was like oh like we're chilling like yeah it's fine but then it started getting worse and worse and I was like guys like we're getting sent home like yeah. it's not a matter of if we're getting sent home it's like when we're getting sent home so like we were all expecting it to come President Ramaphosa is having a address like to the nation we're all like oh like we're gonna be sent home after this 8 p.m. I was sitting alone in my room listening watching the live stream he started to talk about corona and I actually started to record like I started recording my reaction because I was like I feel like I'm gonna want like want this years from now so I was vlogging it literally and suddenly he's like yeah so we are revoking all of the visas so yeah then he was going on to talk we're like does that mean that our visas revoked is that just new visas so then we spent the rest of the night trying to talk to like our program and stuff I was like Did, like are our visas okay like what's going on my friend came over we drank a whole bottle of wine finally at maybe like 4 a.m. or something Arcadia our program that we were there with was like so we've decided to cancel your program and you have to fly home within 72 hours basically we couldn't stay because they were canceling our health insurance 
so yeah we found out and then I did not sleep at all and I was trying to frantically book plane tickets getting from South Africa all the way back to Portland Oregon oh my god a major pain one of the most stressful moments of my life at one point I was literally in my room having a full-blown panic attack like a legitimate panic attack, which I don't usually get panic attacks, but this was probably the worst one I've ever had because my family was not helping me. Like it was totally me by myself trying to figure out how the heck to get back to America. So I ended up taking, I think like five flights or going through like five airports to finally get back to America. Just so weird, like study abroad doesn't feel like it happened this year. Like I feel like we're in a whole different year. Like it doesn't feel real. And it sucks because I really felt like I was starting to grow up and mature and be like an even better version of myself while I was abroad because it was like a new experience. Like I was in a new country, I was meeting new people and it was like you know, college but elevated. It was also very weird to come back to America in such a tight lockdown because in South Africa, the night before I left, I was literally at a bar drinking cocktails and they had hand sanitizers scattered about in places. But other than that, it really wasn't that bad there yet. And then I come back to America and it was literally like a ghost town. Connecticut was silent there was no one out like they were like if you could stay home you have to stay home but i feel like we should end the episode with what is our main takeaway from our study abroad experience be willing to throw yourself into any situation in a way not that it has to be like a big thing but i think the biggest thing i did was like joining the soccer team like i hadn't played soccer in a couple years i still knew how to do it but i was like what if i just joined the team and then it was probably like the best way to fully imbue myself in Scottish culture. I also learned just to treasure like every single moment and experience and to not be like, oh, like I can always do that later because I did that a lot of times when I was abroad. I was like, oh, like we'll have like months or weeks, like we can always do that later. And that is not always true. Yeah. So I would say do as much as you can, live as much as you can. All right, well, I feel like that's kind of a good ending point. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Yeah, thank you so much. Our Instagram handle is at AKTM Podcast. Yes, so go ahead and check us out over there if you want to. And we will see you, or I guess we won't see you, but you'll hear from us next Thursday. Thank you so much for listening. All righty, bye guys. Bye.